In today's show, I'm going to look back at my fantasy basketball sleepers video from before the season and see how it went. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So what I'm going to do here is go back and look at the video that I did for sleepers, I think the start of October it was, Yahoo and ESPN ADPs at that point, and just see which one of those guys actually was ending up being a sleeper um, over the course of the season. You know that I got that I like to look at rankings excluding turnovers. You are well aware of my reasons for that. Um, so let's see which guys worked out, which guys did not work out. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Start off, Josh Giddy I had there. Wow, okay. Had Josh Giddy at 151. That's what his ADP was. Um, so I said he was a bit of a sleeper. Worked out all right. He was the 90th ranked player. Yes, he only ended up playing 54 games this year. Missed the back half of the year, which is frustrating for us with that hip injury in fantasy playoffs. But I think if you picked him with your last pick in the draft, you'd be pretty happy with getting a top 100 return in the games that he was able to play. So I would say that that one works out as a tick. Second guy, Desi Bain. Yeah, well, that's obviously a huge, massive, massive win. Um, 168 was his ADP at the point of me. I don't know if actually, was this ADP or if it was rankings? I don't remember if it was, no, I think it was actually rankings, not ADP. Um, Bain at 168 worked out massively. He was the 48th ranked player this season. Um, we still never really got to see how the Grizzlies would work with Morant, Bain and Brooks all in the lineup together. Happened for about five or six games. So we never really got to see how many shots that Brooks would take away from Bain. It worked out pretty well for him. He only played 30, he played under 30 minutes a night this year, Bane. Despite all of the plaudits that he got, rightfully so, he only played 30 minutes a night or under 30 minutes a night, which is a um, which is a little bit surprising to me. And I reckon there's a risk that he gets overdrafted a little bit next season just because of that. But I think that's a win. Isaiah Robia had it 160. That's a, that's a loss, I'd say. Yes, towards the end of the season, he, he came good, but he was out of the rotation for most of the year. I thought that he'd go into the year as their starting center, and he did not. And even on a per-game basis, he was 191st, so that didn't work out. Terrence Mann at 179. Did that work out? Maybe. He was 169th this season. Now, that was really helped by the injury to Paul George. That boosted his numbers up. I thought he was a pretty interesting option as a last pick. And I think as a last pick, he was okay, but... Not really. Like, it didn't actually blow up. I still don't hate picking him with that last pick. It just didn't work out. And I was a pretty early advocate for dropping him uh, early in the season. LaMarcus Aldridge at 174 clearly did not work out either. Although, actually, clearly did it. Let's try again. He was 120th ranked player this year. He played just 47 games, though. And the way that he started out as like a top 90 player, this looked like an absolute genius pick. He just couldn't keep it up all year. The shooting numbers did start to drop off. He ended up averaging 
13 and 5 in 22 minutes. And of course, the arrival of Andre Drummond ended up killing this. I don't know if that's a win or not. 174 where he ended up 120th, but he missed so many games. I'll say that it's, it wasn't a bad last pick. And earlier in the season, it gave you tremendous value. And then you could have moved on. Yeah, let's, let's call it a win. Oh, I'll be generous to myself. This one did not work out. The big sneeze, Precious Achua. I said that at 234, he was maybe a little bit too low. Or somehow, he played more than I expected and was significantly worse than I expected. 290th ranked player, Precious was. He put up some good numbers in preseason. But as a center to shoot under 44% from the field, to be under 60 from the line, to average just 0.6 blocks and 0.5 steals despite playing 24 minutes. He had one assist per game. Occasionally, he would have these games where he'd score well or have good rebounds. But the overall body of work from Achua was pretty disappointing, I think. And yeah, that did not work out. Dwight Powell at 248. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's a win. He was 202nd on a per-game basis. He played every single game somehow. He only averaged 22 minutes. He averaged 9 and 5. But as a last pick in the draft, and the way that he came good towards the end of the season, well, not last pick in the draft, a deeper league guy, hey, there was some value in him. Scott Barnes was ranked 213th when I did this video. All right, I, I was not as high on Barnes as many others. Very, very obviously, people were well aware of that with me, that I was not as high on him as... Um, as, as most people. But at 213, it was an absolute no-brainer. I think I had him at about 130. He obviously well went ahead of that. So I'm okay with Scotty Barnes. Yeah, I think that, that's obviously a huge win to be able to pick him there. He was significantly better than I expected. And yeah, he killed that number. Is there a risk that he is a guy that maybe gets overdrafted in the future? But yeah, possibly. But I think that that worked out okay with these last picks. So if you got Giddy or Bain or you took Aldridge late or Powell for deeper leagues or Barnes late, I think you worked out okay. The Roby one didn't really work. The Achua one didn't really work. The Man one, probably not that good. But some decent enough returns, I think, there on those um, on those Yahoo sleepers, the the, uh, the, the last uh, Yahoo sleeper video that I did. Now, guys, BetOnline is your number one source for all of your sports betting news, stats, and info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. You can go bet on the playoff series over there. By the time I, you are listening to this, before, which is after I've recorded it, we will know the makeup of... Will we? Oh, no, we know. We don't know the full makeup of all of the playoff series, but we'll be getting a lot closer. And I know at Bet Online, you could have a look at the moment. Boston's a favorite to take uh, to beat the Nets, so that's going to be an interesting series. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay. Um, let's look at some other sleepers that I had over on ESPN. How did these ones fare? Zach Levine. I had it 43. Or sorry, Zach Levine was ranked 43 on ESPN. I I said he was a sleeper, and he ended up 36th. Slight win, slight win. He was he banged up towards the end of the season, pretty obviously. He started to fade, and DeRozan took over at times. So he was all right at that spot. If you took him around that 43 mark, I think he'd be. I think he'd end up pretty happy. Um, 
but yeah, we, we did slow down. The next one is a very interesting one, and I'd love to know what you guys think before I reveal how I view this one. What do you think of me having Porzingis at 73 as a sleeper? Porzingis. Because he was the 73rd ranked player on ESPN. Um, I said that he was a sleeper, and I, I think it's a win. Christos Porzingis was the 26th, 26th ranked player on a per-game basis this year. He frustrated us with injuries. Played six fewer games than Ja Morant. Six fewer than Ja Morant. Five fewer than Bam Adebayo. Um, five fewer than Jarrett Allen. Seven fewer than DeAndre Ayton. Yet they, they, none of those guys get killed for missing games. On a totals basis, which I don't usually like to use, but just to illustrate a point, he was 68th in total value this year, Porzingis. So I, I think that's a categorical win if you took him around that zone. It was frustrating, but I think it's a categorical win. Disagree with it if you want. I don't care. I I would love to see the argument as to how that isn't a win. Jaron Jackson at 81. And that's a pretty obvious win. He was the 53rd ranked player this year. He missed only four games. People were shit scared of him because he missed so much time the year before and didn't miss any time this year. As I will constantly say, I'm very anti-drafting players who have lower body or significant core injuries that we know of heading into the year and are going to miss time. Siakama had no problem drafting because it was a shoulder injury. We knew when he'd come back and he'd be fine. You have Zion Williamson, those sort of guys, not interested in drafting those sort of players. But if you're going to use everything based on, hey, Jaron Jackson got hurt in the bubble in 2020, um, therefore he's going to miss games every year of his career, I, I don't think that's a smart way of going about it. Everything needs to be looked at individually. I think that worked out pretty well. This one here was the most obvious sleeper pick on the absolute board. Jonas Vasu Inuansas. Someone doing the ESPN rankings had their head so far up their ass when they did these rankings that this was, it was egregious. It's just so wrong. It was the most obvious wrong decision. And any of you guys playing in ESPN leagues, you would have known how late you could get Valanchunas. It was ridiculous. I didn't think that Valanchunas would become the 35th best player. I thought 50 to 65 is fine. But this is a, an obvious win. There is no debating it whatsoever. He was great. This next one, I don't know what to do with this bloke. Gordon Haywood on a per-game basis was 80th this season. ESPN him ranked 112th. He obviously just didn't play the last two months of the season. And on a totals value, he was 152nd. Is the per-game value you got for Haywood, drafting him around 112, where he's ranked on ESPN, is it worth not having him for those last three... Months of the year, two months of the year. Does a guy that you get outside the top 110 or in this around that area, does it matter if they end up missing the end of the year when you invested, what, a ninth or 10th round pick to get someone who provided seventh round value for the first three months? That's, that's up in the air for me as to whether that's a win or not. It's probably not, but it's up in the air. This one's an interesting one. Kevin Porter Jr., I was, was I high on him as a player? Not really. Was I high on his fantasy value? Probably too much so. And in the end, I think this is, ends up being a win. He was ranked 134th on ESPN, and for the majority of the season, he was nowhere near that. He was like 150th, 160th with poor efficiency. But you'll be surprised to know that Kevin Porter Jr., despite 17 million thigh bruises, ended up as the 104th ranked player on a per-game basis this year. 125th in totals. So 
I do I do think that's a win. I don't know why he was ranked that low. It seems too low. But the value was there. This next one's not. Kelly Linick at 130. Um, I thought that they'd play him a lot more than they did. Use him to open up the court spacing-wise for Cade Cunningham. He'd played 23 minutes or so, backing up at the four and the five. It just never happened. He got hurt. He got COVID. Didn't work out. 193rd per game. That one's a uh, real spud pick. Evan Mobley at 169. That was an obvious, obvious pick. Um, and then we, I don't need to relitigate that. You're well aware that that was a win. That's a huge one. And then Jordan Poole at 266. Again, I don't know who who was doing these or how these numbers came to be. Jordan Poole at 266th was insanity. I thought that Jordan Poole would be a comfortable top 80 guy until Clay Thompson returned. And then he'd lose value and might become droppable. Well, that didn't actually happen. He actually became, honestly, their second best player for periods of time. There are times where Wiggins was early in the season, but he was dreadful for the last three months. Clay was great for the last two weeks or so, but he was actually pretty bad for most of the season. Jordan Poole was the 54th ranked player in fantasy leagues this year. Played 76 games. That is an insane ranking of 266. Like, actually legitimately insane. And we got value back on that. Almost the most value you could find anywhere. That is that is just a crazy, crazy number to have him ranked that low. I have to tell you, though, that Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of 200 bucks sunglasses for a fraction of that price. That means polarized lens. It means well-constructed, durable frames and premium high-end finishes. It's also something you won't find somewhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They'll send you a brand new pair, a brand spanker, if you lose them, no matter what happened. That, Sh- Shady Ray, ah, that's, <sighs> have you ever spoken to like a business manager? Because that doesn't sound right. Anyway, give them a try. If you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. This is uh, crazy. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use the code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Okay. ESPN, they had so many um, crazy rankings that I had two pages of them. So how did this one work out? How did this last lot work out? Dan Gafford was at 164. Um, I was worried about what they would do with the rotation, but my thought was Daniel Gafford is their best center. He's better than Harrell. He's better than Bryant. I did not expect Wes Unsell to say, all right, well, we're going to get our best center and we're just not going to play you at all because we want to play Montrez Harrell so that we can get Ish Smith back in a trade. Like we've got to maximize that trade value. We saw, and then I didn't obviously expect Porzingis to arrive. But we saw that Gafford was the backup and Bryant didn't play and Harrell wasn't very good. In saying all of that, he was still the 138th ranked player. He played only 20 minutes and on. Now, I, I did, at the time, like his Yahoo ADP actually pushing the top 100. I said, that's too high for him. I just think, I'm not sure if there's enough upside in that. But at that ranking on ESPN, that's a win. My man, the Waveful, DeAnthony Melton. Obvious one. I was not as high on him as others. Say, um, yeah, my mate Jonas Nader from uh, Roto World, NBC Sports Edge. You're well aware of his love for DeAnthony Melton. Somehow it surpasses mine, but it does. And he was like, yeah, I'll take him in the 70s. I, 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 can, I talked to him about it on a show. I said, mate, oh, that's crazy. Like, why would you take him at that spot when you don't have to? Melton had plenty of ups and downs. Some real ups early on. Dropped off 
and was not rosterable and then fired up towards the end of the season when Jai was out and Brooks was out again. 125th ranked player on a per game basis. But you got him, you know, he was ranked that low, like last, last pick, worked out fine. I, I said that the Valanchunas one might have been the most insane or the Jordan Poole one might have been the most insane. This one's up there, Mo Bumba. One, two, three, four, five. Now, I, I actually don't think Bumba's a very good NBA player. I don't think he's ever going to develop into one. But him at 241, at this point of the year, which is like two weeks or so before the season, where we sort of knew that he was going to actually start next to Wendell Carter, it's craziness. He was the 75th ranked player. Even Yahoo had him a bit off, 110th in ADP. We didn't expect this from Bumba. But that, that's, that's insanity. Talked about Dwight Powell already at 221. I think there's a, it's a marginal win for deeper leagues there, but he never really pushed into any sort of 12-team discussion. So you know, that's that's on the edge. Nerlens Noel, that's a clear loss. I thought, you know, take a flyer on him, even 24 minutes a night, he will be useful, but he couldn't stay healthy. He played 25 games. They re-signed him to that contract for God knows what reason, and he just barely played. He averaged three points per game. He's still got 1.2 steals and 1.2 blocks, and that's why he's 188th ranked player. But yeah, that didn't work. DeAndre Hunter at 210th. I thought that's a no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. This guy is going to start. He's going to play minutes. We saw those flashes. I'm not as high on him as others. He was worse than this. I don't know how that's possible, but he was worse. He didn't play 30 minutes a night. He got injured again. He hurt his wrist. He averaged 13 points with only three rebounds, under one and a half threes. 0.7 steals, 0.4 blocks, shot 44 and 77. One of my biggest criticisms of Hunter in the draft process coming in to the league was like, all right, he's this great defensive player. Where are the defensive stats? Like he doesn't get defensive stats. And they're like, don't worry, it's a Virginia scheme thing. I'm like, okay, I'm not so sure about that. And maybe we just need to trust the fact that if you don't get defensive stats in college, you're just not going to get them in the NBA. Maybe that's just the case. Because for a defensive guy, like, no, look, no steals, no blocks, no assists, low volume threes, poor efficiency, bad rebounding. Look, the numbers are actually horrific for DeAndre Hunter. I don't know if I said it, but he's the 233rd ranked player this season. Like, that's really bad. So I thought, yeah, at 210, that's he'll, he'll beat that. He might be, I think I had him 130th, 140th, not super high, but he was shocking. These two blokes were unranked. So this is a win because they were better than that. Jaden McDaniels, who... I think if you go by Yahoo's um, details, it was, was a bit of a bust. 123rd ADP. He finished barely inside the top 200. But ESPN didn't bother ranking him. And they ranked 200 guys, or over 200 guys. So that that is an obvious win. And then Farton Will Barton, which maybe this is the most insane one. 101st ranked player. Didn't rank him. Didn't bother. Will Barton, never heard of him. Why, why would we rank him? Why would we bother? He's not a real... He's not... Sure, he's not actually... Is he on a roster? He plays in the NBA... So do you mean like I I could choose Will Barton over Kevin Garnett? Nah, surely not. Everyone would just draft Kevin Garnett, who they ranked. Um, so yeah, I don't really get what happened there, but they missed out on him. So he was a guy that you could scroll right down the board and find him, and he wasn't on their rankings lists. Listed as unranked, you could have drafted him. So that is a clear win. So I think what we found, that, that Yahoo puts out ranks early. They adjust them pretty aggressively. They come in, and in the end, they end up looking pretty similar to what my preseason ranks look like. ESPN doesn't know such thing. They just go, we don't care. Let's just see. Let's just throw shit at the wall and see how bad it smells. And that's where you end up. So there's a lot of value to get on ESPN. Um, Yahoo, there's not as much. I think we did okay with it though. But let me know down below. What did you think of me going through this sleeper video and yeah, looking at how those how those um, picks ended up? Tell me what you thought down below.
Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, you know what to do. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.